You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. It's Cross the Line 1524. Join us at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with a glass of bourbon, table 12, as the guys sit around and discuss distilleries, common day events, or whatever comes to the bar top. That's right. Cross the line, 1524. All right, we're here at the Rusted Nail. Speakeasy, a little speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana, where we ceremoniously and secretly record this podcast. I'm Alan Stanger. Dwayne Bischoff. We're the 15 side. And Jeff Montag. Mike Gardner. Scotty Bourbon. 24 side. Woohoo! Man. <laughs> Guys, how's this going? It's going good. That Enjoy. reminded me, that reminded me of that WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> show when they were when Johnny was like doing the shots and he was getting getting <laughs> better. Getting, getting better, better as it went. <laughs> That was a good show. You know, we should have talked show. about that in our last episode. Oh, yeah, the, the turkey oh, drop. The turkey great, drop. great turkey drop. <laughs> I didn't know turkeys couldn't you, fly. You and I know somebody that can do that. I've seen it. And I've witnessed it. Yeah. <laughs> can drink himself sober. I'll be sure to take his name out. I've watched it. <laughs> bleep, bleep, can drink yourself sober. <laughs> Oh, so we're going to have a hard time drinking ourselves sober because this is the second <laughs> podcast on Thanksgiving Eve. And we're going downhill. How's Table 12 doing? They're getting cranked up. They're cranked up. Yeah. Cranked up. So, Dwayne, you got something for us to get us started? Yeah, I got something for us. Um, I've been kind of, this kind of popped up in, in my uh, feed on social media. There's a new documentary out called Died Suddenly. A new documentary. At first, I thought you said nude documentary. Not nude. <laughs> <laughs> new n-e-w all right so a new documentary going about talking about died suddenly it's talking about the rash of sudden deaths in the world of young for yeah. the most part a lot of young healthy people sports athletes just young kids um just dropping dead going to sleep not getting up seen a lot of postings about that recently yeah. so i i watched a few minutes of we were at lunch when i first saw it so i watched 10 15 minutes i didn't get to watch the whole thing it's about an hour and 10 minutes long and they were talking about go to google and search died suddenly and uh they're showing search results and i didn't i was coming off lunch so i didn't search it right then and uh but they're showing screenshots they show you typing in died suddenly and it pops up and it's individual articles of Susie Susie Smith dies suddenly. Billy Ray dies suddenly. Bob Smith dies suddenly. It was all these individual articles of all these people have died suddenly. And they went through a couple pages of it, and that's what you saw. Individual people and has died suddenly. Well, last night I had this thing, and I went, I wonder how long that's going to be left up. And this was, I mean, I just saw this. This came out yesterday. I thought of this last night. This morning, I first thing I got up, I went in. I Googled died suddenly. It's pages and pages of generic articles of nothing. There's no more. There was no more individual um, articles of people. It was all articles. And Alan's, Alan's testing me now. So you go down. Um, it's a conspiracy theory. As it is. Well, go down. 
see now you go down it's all it's all just generic articles there's no more um there's no more specific articles about people that have died suddenly it's sudden deaths in young people i read that one they say it's a long covid and a bunch of them are just that you can go seven eight pages in and it starts to disappear into totally different stuff yeah but just yesterday there was pages of individual articles of people that died suddenly so to me that makes me think there's really something to this documentary that if Google's changing the algorithm overnight to not let this show up in the searches. So now I, I'm going in that. So okay, here, you found one yeah, there. Yeah. But it was the yesterday, the first two pages were full of it. Well, so I you, think part of it is people, there's other people reporting on it now, and that's what's coming up is other people are reporting on it. About the numbers. Yeah, and, yeah. But you'd so, think if it was the first, you'd think if the first two pages were individuals, those would have been clicked on yesterday by people looking at those articles, and it would have made them even more popular, not pushing them back further. Uh, I think the conspiracist is kicking in. Yeah. Well, so okay, cause so, here's the deal. The BBC's picked it up. Forbes has picked it up. Okay. Uh, so they're picking it up. So their articles are being placed ahead of anything that was there prior. But today, um, there's a Cheryl Atkinson, I think it was his name, on Twitter has posted it. Twitter had blocked it. You couldn't share it no more. You could view it, but you couldn't share it. You couldn't like it. Well, I guess everybody tweeted to Elon, you need to fix this, you need to fix this. It's fixed this afternoon. It's back shareable. So here's the deal. live again. So are you familiar with Google Trends? No. Okay. Yes and no. So Google Trends tracks over the Internet um, things that are searched for. Right. So your, your little search up until... Um, November died suddenly. There was hardly anybody searching for it. Then from October uh, 30th through the 5th, it really spiked. Well, this was just yesterday it was released. 20th to the 26th. That's not true. So this this term died suddenly. Right, but I mean the video was released yesterday that became aware that made people yeah. i mean i'm sure people have been searching i, I think it. i think that particular video may have been but that search has been people have typed that search in since november 28th or 21 oh i, I mean and, and i agree that it, that it has been because there's been a lot of unexplained young healthy people just collapsing i mean there's sports athletes dying on the field nothing wrong with them the only relationship is the majority or the ones that they're talking about have all had the COVID shot. So this documentary goes there into that. There it is. There's <laughs> well, the conspiracy theory. But so goes, you know what else they've probably had? I bet they've had what, – what's all the shots that we get when we were kids? They've had all those shots as well. And mumps and so, measles. And but how many – well, I ain't going to get into that one. But So it's like a lot of things. I mean, you get, in, you get into these – when things are being posted and stuff like that, it's like a, a you have to. I think that you have to be real careful about is it really any different than it's ever been, or is it just is it it's just being reported. reported more than it's ever been because people are searching for it more. And let me let me give you the scenario. So you'll see a lot of times when we talk about the environmental problems, and then they go to the polar bears that are drowning in the in, in the arctic because we right? gotta build more ice cubes 
and and they have well and they have videos well you know so they got videos of these poor polar bears that are stuck on this ice chunk of ice that's floating around the ocean and the fact of the matter is is that's been happening for a million years right it's just we didn't have the technology and the camera systems and the people to go up there and actually record it so it's it's devastating to watch it happen, but it's been happening for a million years. And just because now we can show it 15 times in a day doesn't mean it's happening anymore. So it, it just goes that back to you have to go back and look at the statistics and, and do an apples-to-apples apples comparison. And I think that, that goes across everything we see in media anymore. Everything we see, whether it's on the right or it's on the left it's swayed by that particular point of view right right so i don't know what the answer is i've seen a lot of postings recently about young healthy athletic people dying suddenly is it because it's happening more or just that people are posting it more and 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 publicizing it more i don't know well the national life insurance companies are concerned because there is such a spike right now in young deaths unexplained young deaths that statistically in anomaly there's no reason there's no there's nothing that's ever so shown if up that, if it. that's true if the insurance companies are concerned then i'm concerned that, because, and they are <laughs> because so the, insurance co- the insurance companies so show me an deal, article they deal with real statistics i don't have that one with me i i, I was reading it yesterday i didn't save it but uh that one is part of what it was. I mean, you can Google that one. Um, but the life insurance industry is concerned about it because there's so many sudden deaths in this particular age group that never has that type of death. And, I mean, it goes – you talk about the conspiracy. Well, yesterday, the due to – I don't know what his name is, the head of the – telling people to your only way to save your life is to get vaccinated – the only people that are dying are the unvaccinated. Well, currently now it's 58% of the people dying are vaccinated. So that's not a statistical fact anymore, but it's still being pushed onto the public. This shouldn't, Google shouldn't have changed overnight. All those stories, I could see some disappearing, some being pushed to the top, but two pages just completely disappearing. Eh, I'd start to that starts to make my conspiracy fly a little harder. I want to watch the whole movie. I've only watched 10 minutes of it. Well, any conspiracy movie you or anybody watches is going to sway the facts. Period. Well, I don't know if it's conspiracy. I mean, what are they? How do you how do you decide if it's a conspiracy movie? The movie is a conspiracy movie. That's the first thing that popped up on Google was that it's a conspiracy movie. But they also drowned two pages of fat articles. Well, well I, and I, and yeah. I, I'll be honest with you, Alan. I have to be careful about that because <laughs> yeah. that's what—that's how Google's labeling it. Yeah. Exactly, it's a documentary, right? And if if it if there's it morticians, there's morticians pulling facts so, up. Unfortunately, it, we live in a world. Well, I know, I know. We can't freaking believe anything. You can't trust that's coming across. Yeah. When Hillary Clinton was running the last election, you couldn't find anything negative. There was—I did the searches. Guys were like, "Go search there this," you go. and you couldn't find them. And it was on Google, but but it was there. So how do you you can't I don't I don't trust Google to be the answer anymore. It used to be you could, but anymore it's their choice. Overnight they erased two full screen pages of articles. Yeah. Why? And why did this get blocked at Twitter? And that was the answer was these are holdover 
Twitter employees from the past, and Elon unblocked it within a day. It's, it's back live. It's, it comes down to who's lying to you harder. Right. Yeah. It's right. really what it <laughs> yeah. gets down to. Is that, uh, I don't know the answer to that. Right. And, then, and, and, and like I said, I, I, to me, you can do whatever you want to do. That's your choices. I don't care. I'm still going to stay. I can go to Canada now. If Oak Island opens up, me and Dodie are in because the, so, border, the border is open. So here, here's what I'm going to say about all that. And I really don't have an, really any more in an opinion. But I know probably 15 people that died from – physically died from COVID. I know nobody that died from getting the vaccine. I know people that are personally. Do you know somebody personally that died from the vaccine? Not I can tell you medically injured. I can tell you, fifteen people that have died, done, passed away, straight, not from complications of something else, and had COVID in their system, but died from COVID. I can't tell you anybody that died from the vaccine. That's where I leave it. Period. But but that was the beginning, and it was a whole different world. I mean, I know you had it too. It was serious in the beginning. It was that. It was a whole different animal than it is now. The statistics and the facts are flipping to where it's not the fix, and it's we've been lied. I mean, we've been well, lied to from the lied. beginning. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, their answer for it, if they'd have been straight up that, hey, you know, this isn't a cure. This is going to help. You know, blah blah blah. I think there would have been more people went. All right, I'll give it a shot. But when they're like, "You've got to do this, or you're, you know, you're going to kill your grandma." Well, well uh, how many grandmas died because they of the loneliness? that they because they couldn't see their well, family and, that, and, there, and there's truth to that too right. so so I, you know what's amazing what's amazing about that is if anybody goes back and listens to our first podcast <laughs> which was about covid yeah we had lost we had lost friends right of COVID. right here we had a lot for for covid but we talked about the negative ramifications that when i think about it and i look about we were like prophets to be honest with you, to talk about what's happened with our children's education right. and everything else, what the negatives are to what occurred over that period of time between the vaccines and the lockdowns. Yeah. And there's no doubt vaccines. the isolation. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt, yeah. you know, there's no doubt we were lied to. I mean, blatantly. Still, blatantly. We're still being lied to. Still being we're still being lied to. Being lied to. Was, was the whole COVID thing? deadly absolutely yes absolutely but no, like everything else as as the virus mutated it got weaker and weaker and correct. weaker that first strain and you'll never convince me that that wasn't uh, a virus weapon. that was set up as a bio in, in, uh, it because it went after people that had health issues already underlying conditions. underlying conditions yep. so it came from China. That's you know who has a great population in this world that they can't take care of. China, who claims they have no, who still claims they have no COVID cases in their country. They actually, they actually although they're on major lockdown. I know a gentleman that just traveled there. Yeah, right? they actually just admitted to one one, one COVID death well, here yeah. just in the last. Well, yeah. they've just if you travel to China, I know that's because that. they don't want COVID in the country yeah well if you go there you have to stay in a hotel for 10 days yeah you're quarantined for 10 days before you're allowed out that's because in their eyes they're keeping you from infecting them yeah right but they're also in major lockdowns in in (laughs) cities and whatever where they just shut stuff down i mean that's why our people are starving to death because they can't get out another gentleman that was living there he was in one of those buildings where they they come in with the military basically and they they wall you in 
Well, their food, he was sending pictures to a friend of the food they give you for a week or whatever. They just drop a bag of food at your door, and it was nothing. We ate, we've got more food here tonight than what he had to live on for a week, but that's all they were given, and you can't leave. You're, you're in your apartment. You can't go grocery shopping. You can't do nothing, so you have to make do with that bag of food for however long they tell you it's going to last. The fact that we're still talking about COVID – Two and a half years after we started yeah. our podcast is crazy to start. Oh, with. I know, it really is. You know, I just hate. I mean, I hate uh, be the conspiracy, but it, I'm just so sick of being lied to. Yep. So, and one somebody I agree said, with you there. "Science, science isn't science if it can't be debated." No, no. Oh, science, I agree. I agree. No science is guaranteed. The FDA just said recently, it was a report there, they posted, oh, we never told anybody not to take ivermectin. We just recommended against it. No, you blacklisted people. You threatened That's their right. careers. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. He was about eliminated from the world because he said horse he took dewormer. ivermectin. Yeah. It was horse dewormer. Horse dewormer. How many, how many mainstream media? I still get my ivermectin from Tractor Supply. What's wrong with that? <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. You just don't take the whole tablet. You, you know on a little bit at a time. You don't take the whole You don't take the the whole horse. horse. Yeah. You got to you got to do some math. <laughs> What's a horse way? What do you weigh? And you cut a piece off. But no, there's a there is a there is a local medical place, a real medical place that I know of. More than a few people went there. They got COVID. Went there. That place was prescribing ivermectin. They had their own pharmacy, so they could fill it. You couldn't get it anywhere else, but they had it. So you went there. They tested you. Had COVID. They put you on it. Everyone I know that went there that took it said within a day they felt better. Within a couple days it was gone. I think it's, you know, what's – so this whole deal with saying that kids need to be vaccinated, and that – I'm kind of changing up here, but talking about lying, I mean, it's a proven fact that kids don't need to be vaccinated. We knew that from the get-go. From the get-go. And And why is our autism rates in this country skyrocketing or all these – issues we have with our kids why is it I don't, why don't somebody find out i don't so that's a totally different subject that's not to me that's not covid vaccine no that's quite honestly <laughs> there are so many different chemicals that are introduced into our kids and even us now than through there food, were through food, through food. And the oh yeah you know mary is gluten intolerant and i'm firmly if you do a lot of research in the whole uh gluten intolerance I'm a firm believer. It's not a. We didn't have this issue a hundred no, years ago, we were and, and we were, you know, we were wheat and, and meat eaters. Sure. And I'm a firm believer. She doesn't have a gluten intolerance. I'm a firm believer. She has a Monsanto intolerance. I believe it yes, has to do with be, chemicals yeah. that have been applied and build up in your system exactly well yeah maybe even through generations G- through generations it passed on well my i mean look 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 at kids nowadays how do i say this tactfully look at we don't go for tact look at young women look at young women in in, in endowed yes yeah i mean look something's caused that yeah it's hormones I mean, we're injecting hormones, but my son has dairy products. Exactly. Right. My son has an autoimmune disease and we went to a medical doctor, but he believes in natural and he was telling us, and I never did start studying it. You know, who has time for everything you're supposed to study. But he said that gluten is an issue because how much gluten wheat from 50 years ago had X gluten 
wheat today has XYZ gluten because we've engineered this wheat to grow to do what we want it to do. But in turn, we've unleashed this exuberant amount of gluten in the same product and we're still consuming it. And what it's doing is it's getting into us and it's just so much that our body can't handle it. The other thing, going back to your chemicals, everybody around here that has a wheat field growing next to them or near them, when you drive by, a month before it should be ready to harvest, you see greens and browns. All of a sudden, you see tire tracks running back and forth through those wheat fields. What are they doing to it? They sprayed it. Spray spraying it with. Yeah. They're spraying it with Roundup to kill the wheat, so they can harvest it all at once, and it's all dry. Mm. It's all ready to go. Not good. Now read the bottle of read the bottle of Roundup. You're not supposed to put that on anything. I think it's 90 days or 120 days before consumption. So where is that Roundup being? It's on those wheat hulls being harvested it's going in there we're eating it well how does roundup kill weeds it gets into the body it goes down into it and it explodes the cells so if you're consuming this wheat it gets into your body and it gets into your cells it gets into your gut and it starts tearing up your gut that's where you get the intolerances in your body yeah, right, so, so you can go well so you can but again you can go back to i mean i don't know about you guys but when i was kids all these allergies i never knew anybody that hit said, no the peanut allergies and yeah. stuff like penicillin that. was the biggest allergy that we knew them, about back then and and some of them um you know i mean I, we just got a message today talking about our thanksgiving dinner and prepping our thanksgiving dinner about one of our great nephews who is uh allergic to shellfish so it's like they just want to say hey w- whatever you're making and bring in just let us know if even and evidently they have some barbecue sauces and some teriyaki sauces have they they just said just give us a brand name so we can google it right so the other thing is is this when they're making these products there's so many different variations that i don't know what all they where they get all these Whatever things cheap. from it's like who 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 knew that teriyaki had anything to do with shellfish in it right but evidently some of them do but the peanut allergies do you ever knew anybody that when you were a kid who had peanut nope, allergies not till we got older but now yeah. how super prevalent they are they've taken them off of airplanes and they, they can't even you know you have people that are so allergic that the the residue they yeah, can't even on their they skin can't can't can have products sick. that have been in the same, same plant yeah. and, yeah. and and what's what's crazy is in israel their children don't have peanut allergies one of the snacks that they have there for kids i think it's kind of like if you guys were like me when we had our kids we always kept a little ziploc bag of like cheerios or something right. you know, just for the kids chewing. well one of the snacks in israel is a peanut based snack like that that their kids have all the time they don't have peanut allergies but they tell you here in the united states don't don't, don't give your kids don't peanuts. give your kids peanut so, based so, foods so how are peanuts grown underground in the ground in the ground yeah once again with chemicals with chemicals right i mean we have chemicals that we're allowed to use here that are banned in other countries i mean look at that's true people are posting i've seen people post labels from cereal boxes in england and cereal boxes here same cereal two completely different ingredient lists why so if it if, if it's made in england and they won't let it because of whatever all these other things are you know why is it allowed here why are we okay with it i mean it's like our your forever meat from our last yeah. podcast 
so, chemicals so Dwayne in and it. I get a little bit of this from from the honeybee industry all right because you know we deal with the stresses on honeybees and some of that is pesticides well in the United States most of our corn seeds and our soybean seeds have are coated, coated with an insecticide that stays with the plant the entire life of the plant and so when honeybees are collecting pollen and nectar from those plants they're getting residuals Residual. from those insecticides but the bigger thing with honeybees is during this during the planting cycle the dust that comes from the seed itself when 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 they're going through the process of dumping planting, these bags right. and they're doing the plant the dust the bees pick that up almost like it's pollen and they take it back to the colony oh, wow. and that's an extra stress to the bees. To the well, guess, wipe a colony well, well guess what? Bet, yeah. Those same insecticides in, in Europe are not they don't are, use them. are banned. Yeah, they're banned. So it's 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 amazing. So we know I'm not gonna say his name on here, but we know um, a gentleman that went to Purdue University for hortic- horticulture and uh, he was talking to us several months ago and he talked about uh, Roundup versus uh, another brand, which is a store brand of Roundup. So Roundup it works as a defoliator, right? Um, which is different than most uh, herbicides. That's what made it real popular. Right. So Tractor Supply uh, sells a brand, their own brand. Uh, and he is, uses that specifically because Roundup now has ground kill chemicals in it as well as a defoliator. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't. That's know why it lasts the original, for six months. Yeah, the yeah. original Roundup. Right. It it really only yeah. it really worked only worked on plants that had foliage. And yeah, it's a defoliator. Absorbed and down into the root and actually kill the plant from the root. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Well, the plants have become uh, Roundup resistant. Resistant. Some of them. And, and they, they've actually engineered they've engineered corn and, and beans. soybeans uh, right. Roundup to Red be Red resistant right. to, you can, to so that they can spray Roundup and it, it's a lot of the farmers water down the Roundup too much trying yeah. to cut costs well to save money it, it, yeah and it, it backfired you can buy Roundup ready alfalfa you can plant an alfalfa field and as soon as you cut your alfalfa you walk drive through a Roundup and kill all the weeds and you got alfalfa growing all right so here's the deal it's time to take a break we got a new sponsor it's Monsanto just kidding. We'll be right back. Across the line, 1524. Well, if you're looking to learn more about the bourbon country in probably the most unorthodox way you've ever heard it, you need to listen to Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. You can join the Bow Brothers, a couple of longtime goofy radio DJs from Kentucky, and learn more about what makes the heart of bourbon country so famous. You can listen to the Bow Brothers as they look to interview experts in the bourbon industry and other things that are truly unique to Central Kentucky, like wineries, craft breweries, caves, kayaking, you name it. It's Two Shots on a Barrel podcast with the Bow Brothers. You can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Two Shots on a Barrel. You can learn more about Kentucky only the way the Bow Brothers can bring it on Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. It's time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. They've got whatever you need for your fall warm-up drinks. That's right. 
Whether you're looking for a ready-to-drink cocktail, a mixer for your cocktails, a fine bourbon, a vodka, a rum, a gin, whatever you need, they have. Some of the things they've got there now, of course, you heard our podcast several weeks ago with Wally Dant. Uh, So all the Monk's Road products are there, which is awesome, as well as their new Tennessee whiskey, Rattle and Snap. Go get you some. The official premium cocktail of the Cincinnati Bengals, Canvas. They've got it. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail, uh, raspberry lemonade, cucumber jalapeno, bourbon lemon spice, and bourbon mule. It comes in a variety pack, all four of those flavors. Grab you some, sit down on a Sunday, and watch the Bengals. And back in from Crown Royal, they have their salted caramel Crown Royal whiskey. You know, you need a little crown every now and then. It's time to start prepping for the holidays as well. They got McAfee's Benchmark, old number eight brand, eggnog. That's right, get your eggnog on. And if you're into Smirnoff, they have the Red, White, and Merry Smirnoff Ice Holiday Punch. That's a good way to spike the punch bowl. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor in Brookville, Indiana. Batesville Liquor Co.'s located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor is on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. Cheers. Gilman Home Centers with 15 locations and growing, and it's the fall of the year. That's right. You may need some leaf rakes or maybe leaf bags. Or maybe it's time to split that pile of wood and you need to rent a log splitter because you know what? The winters are coming. Are you a hunter? Gilman Home Centers also offers hunting licenses along with fishing licenses. That's right. Gilman's Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. Hey friends, it's your old buddy Rick Garrett. Each week I have the pleasure of hosting the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast where we look at the people, places, and events that make Franklin County such an amazing place to work, visit, or live. Join us each week on the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast available on your favorite podcast provider. We're here with Dwayne Bischoff from Hoosier Power Sports. Dwayne, what time of year is it at Hoosier Power Sports? Well, it's Christmas time, Alan. And we are loaded up with Christmas presents for the kids. You know, Santa Claus always tries to bring those gifts for the kids, and he just has a hard time getting them from the North Pole. So we try to help them out. We try to help the parents out. We keep a big selection in stock. Um, we do free layaway until Christmas. So if just so happens if Santa picks out a nice little ATV, or quad, or dirt bike, we'll keep it for Santa until close to Christmas time. And then they'll pick it up. We'll have it all ready to run. They just show up, pick it up, take it home, and, and get it going. Awesome, awesome. Now, you guys also offer financing? Yes, we do financing on, on the UTVs. We are an authorized sales and service center for Hyson, so we have high financing for that. Um, we are also we also are a sales and service center for Taltal, so we, do, we don't do financing on that, but we do take credit cards on that, so we're helpful now as much as we can. If I understand correctly, you are the Tri-State's largest Heisen dealer. We are the Tri-State's largest Heisen and Tau dealer. Right now, we've got about 30 Heisens in stock and about 60 Tau Taus. So we are loaded up, ready for Christmas. If you think you want it, we probably have it. If we don't have it, you don't need it. 
And you're not going to get it. And you're not going to get it, yeah. There's nobody going to get any more inventory this year anymore. Um, We've got another load coming in a week, so uh, the crews are going to be back. So hopefully those are going to be in before Christmas. So we're loaded up and ready to go. Good deal. Tell everybody where you're located. We're located at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana. So it's a real easy stop right off I-74. Awesome, awesome. So there's a place to get your kids' Christmas gift and maybe your own Christmas gift. So go check them out. Hoosier Power Sports, located in St. Lynn, Indiana. You never answered that. Is Amish just in the United States? Well, no, they broke off. Well, like, I, no. Yeah, I don't know. It was a sect from Europe, but are they only here? I don't know. I did not know. That's next podcast. <laughs> next podcast. Welcome back to Cross the Line 1524. <laughs> this is the next podcast. This is the next podcast right here. We're wondering if there's Amish in other countries. So if anybody knows, please let us know. We never claim to know all the facts, just enough to get start a conversation get and get us in trouble. That's right. <laughs> we'll make up the rest. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it might be a conspiracy, though. Oh. So it's Thanksgiving uh, weekend here. So, you know, we just got done eating. I just had a piece of pie. pecan whiskey. Uh, no. No. Walnut. Walnut. What the heck was that? Walnut was pecan pie. No, it's walnut. It's walnut. Oh, is it walnut? Oh, was it? Walnut whiskey pie or something. Walnut bourbon. Yeah. Well, Scotty, you brought it. You brought it. What is that? No, he brought the bourbon. Bev, what was the pie? I carried the bourbon in. Bev, what was the pie? Hey, Bev. Table 12. What was the pie? Walnut. It was whiskey, cinnamon whiskey, and then it had walnuts. Cinnamon whiskey, walnut. It was good. It was good. good. So here's what we're going to do to finish this podcast up. I want to go around and everybody tell us what you're favorite dish on thanksgiving is Dwayne. favorite can it be can be anything then anything oh stuffing but it's got to be cooked to where you can pull it out with your hand bread stuffing yes bread stuffing not in the turkey gooey bread no no you got to be able to pick it up with your hand and eat it like a piece of pie dry cook where it's it's in, a, it's in a pan. Like baked. Yeah. Like baked. yeah, my mom used to make it in a slow cooker. I mean, I, one of them big slow cookers, because it was a big family. So one of them big slow cookers, about four or five inches deep. And if it was cooked enough to where there was some crusty on the outside, I mean, cold, you just go in there and pull a piece off and eat it. Oh, yeah, that's good. So do you put gravy on your stuffing? If When it's at my plate, yes. When I have turkey and mashed potatoes, then I put gravy on it. But if it's cold or warm and it's after the meal that, and you're just yeah. walking past it, then you just grab a piece and... and you go. like that day after Thanksgiving stuffing. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> absolutely. I just yeah. ate and I'm getting hungry again. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? I think... Um, well, my mother... Uh, uh, made a fantastic green bean casserole, and people keep trying to duplicate it. I haven't had anybody really be able to duplicate it since she passed. So, so if somebody can make that de- that uh, green bean casserole, I'm all over it. <laughs> Mike, so mine's stuffing, but I'm different than Dwayne. I don't want mine all runny. I want my, or I don't want mine dry. You want, I want runny? Mine, I want mine. You want it all moist. gooey? Yeah, I want it gooey. He uh, wants it moist. I want it moist, moist exactly. <laughs> Scotty, um, what I like to do is it's, it's a multiple 
<laughs> He's got a system. You got to have one. I got Scotty. a system. He's got I mean, a system. Gotta, it is one. You got to break it. It up. becomes oh, one. Oh, gosh. I take mashed potatoes and I put turkey noodles on it, and then I take turkey. Stop! 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 What are turkey noodles? <laughs> turkey and noodles. It's, oh, turkey oh, and noodles. It's my mother-in-law's okay. noodles, homemade noodles. Okay, they're homemade okay. too, and uh, you know it's got the gravy in with it, and put okay. that on top of the mashed potatoes, and then I take turkey, the white meat turkey, and mix in with it. Put a whole bunch of that in with it, and. Uh, every bite has to have a piece of turkey noodle and mashed potato <laughs> and it never comes out right so i have to keep going back so you just keep eating until you get yeah, it right exactly and i'm or miserable you, or you're bloated <laughs> exactly i'm first one to sleep in the recliner out in the room wow that's Alan, that's a system so Alan. you know we're going to go around here twice, I think, because I can't do it in just one. So and I got another one, yeah. yeah so my all-time favorite, <laughs> my grandmother used to make homemade egg noodles, and there's just nothing that ever topped that. Uh, and so I'm with the gravy. One. Oh yeah, you got yeah, to add gravy to that. And then so I'm I'm known to be the two turkey guy. I always do tur- two turkeys uh, when we do our meals. So I fry one, which takes three and a half minutes per pound. And I smoke one, which takes a half hour per pound. Uh, and I love the taste of smoked turkey. Yeah. If you've ever good. had smoked turkey, the taste is phenomenal. Now, if you love moist turkey, and I mean the white meat, the breast, it's just juicy moist, deep fried. There's nothing. And yeah. If you want flavor to yeah. it, you can inject it, do some stuff. But there's nothing. Seals in the moisture. Yeah. So oh, yeah. you sear that outside with the 350 degree grease and all the juices stay inside. You slice that thing when it's done and juice is rolling out. Uh, so, but there's nothing like the flavor of a smoked turkey. I used to get up. I'm not, this year I'm not doing either because I'm busy at the store. Mom's doing it in the oven. But she, she's like, oh, I haven't done a turkey for so long because I've been doing them for the last 10 years. I said, well, here you go. It's all yours. No, I, I'm going to miss the taste of that smoked turkey. Personally. I saw a new way to cook a smoked turkey. Maybe you already do it, but they cut the spine out and then bust, smash the turkey down flat. So yeah, and then do all the seasoning. I don't yeah. know. If, is that I've never done that. Yeah, it's what it's splatted. Splatted. Yeah. That, I'm I'm curious. Like that. Does it's that quicker. just well, it's a lot does quicker. it speed it up? Yeah. And does that maybe keep the breast meat moister because you're cooking it quicker? Maybe. Uh, that's my only thought with doing it is you're going to eliminate some time which will may keep some of the juices into the into the white meat because i'm a white meat i like that too that's but it yeah just five minutes too long and it's too dry yeah, yeah then you got to pour gravy on it yeah right yeah. so anyway so we write round two round two round two, round two <laughs> um has to be what we call grandma salad because my grandma used to make this salad. It was cauliflower, and I have no idea what else is on it. Cauliflower, lettuce, and all this stuff. Well, my grandma has since passed away, so my lovely wife is taking that over now. And it's about time we start calling it Dodie salad because she's been making it long enough. And it's just as good, if not better, than grandma. So, so here's the deal. If it's so good, and it's Dodie salad, next time we get together? You've had it. Oh. I think she's made it here. We've brought it here once before. Yeah. Oh, so, she's and, and there was okay. none left when we went home. Yeah. Well, how many times did you go back? Oh, I go back at least <laughs> twice. <laughs> and then, but it like, well, at our at, around our family, everybody knows Dodie's bringing the salad. That's pretty much a given. Except this year, just she didn't bring it. But uh, it usually there's none left. So, and it's good the second day too. It's a little runnier and slimier, but still good. 
Yeah. So I guess a newer one for me over you know the last several years is my niece's husband makes a cheesy potato, and he uses barbecue potato chips uh, as uh, as the crust on top of it. And it's oh, it's 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 pretty phenomenal. It's it's a hit. What I kind of barbecue chips? Husbands? Grippos. I don't know. I, I, I think they're grippos. I think they are grippos. But spicy. I, I, I don't know. I'm not there when he makes it. There's nothing like getting a box of grippos, the big box. <laughs> In the bottom. Getting down towards the bottom. Oh, my gosh. It lights you up. <laughs> you better have a drink. Yeah. So that's that's real good. That's that's yeah. That's kind of the new age kind of, kind of for me. Mike? All right. So... <clears throat> I'm not a big turkey fan on Turkey Day, but the next day I want a sandwich with mayo, mayo, yeah, I want, I can eat that all day. There you go. <laughs> I'm with you, Scotty. What uh, what other procedure it, do you have here for us? <laughs> I've got several other things, but I, I see these cheesy potatoes with um, cornflakes in it. Uh, Oh, it yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that stuff. It's kind of a little Man, I'm learning something crispy new. on top. You never had that before? No. Oh, my. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like good. that with the barbecue chicken. We couldn't man. afford corn flakes. Thing. Yeah, it's real similar, but <laughs> sounds like. But yeah. We got Let ours to save a lot. <laughs> <laughs> save a flake. <laughs> Alan, round two. Oh, wow. My mom makes the best deviled eggs, I got to tell you. Yeah. Th- those are. Yeah, and she brings them all the time. So I'm sure we got deviled eggs coming tomorrow, which is awesome. Wow. Huh? It's I'm tomorrow. Not, okay. Yeah, but she's brought stuff before. So now we got to get to the we got to get to the serious stuff. Dessert. There you go. What's your dessert, Alan? Pecan pie. That's my. It's always been. It's almost too sweet for me now. You know, I'm diabetic now, so I don't suppose right. to eat it anyway. But I, since I don't eat much, many sweets, even the pie we just had, I had a small piece, and it was right. like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it would blow your yeah. head off. But yeah. growing up, that was by far my favorite pie. Dwayne? I'm still good old apple pie. A good with the, with the crumble crust, not the... Okay. Not the pie crust on, but the crumble Dutch crust. Dutch apple. Yeah, Dutch apple. No, I'm the I'm the apple pie guy with the with this traditional crust on it. Really? Yeah, that's that's me. Now, I mean, my druthers are, and if you've listened to this podcast too much, it's about grape pie. But nobody <laughs> nobody in my family makes grape pie for Thanksgiving. So if there are so any 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 of the, any of Jeff's family listening. <laughs> Great pie. Great pie. You've got Christmas to catch up. Yep. Great pie. There you go. Well, I go traditional. I'm all about pumpkin for Thanksgiving. Pumpkin? Yep. You got Cool Whip on the top? Absolutely. Okay. Scotty, uh, now what what kind of device do you have for us <laughs> for dessert? I, I've got to go with Magic Mac here. It, pumpkin pie. I like it warm right out of the oven. Oh. Uh, I don't have to have the whipped cream, but whipped cream's good, but... Uh, see when it's warm still really you put that whipped cream on it and it, it kind of melts, melts right yeah. there yeah that's good see that's like the apple you got to have the apple warm you warm a, it yeah, with yeah. a scoop of ice cream scoop on top ice cream on it. oh yeah wow how about you alan well i start as pecan pie was mine yeah, yeah. oh yeah pecan that's right pie, yeah i thought we was going around again he well, was, we are still got more. we are <laughs> favorite favorite we're just going to say favorite my, re- favorite. my, my response usually is did you say pie? Yeah. 
<laughs> How about your favorite holiday cocktail, Dwayne? I don't really have one. I mean that that I mean there's never been we've never had that as a tradition and now I sneak in a bourbon and coke with my with my drink is what I carry in. So that's gonna be mine. That's my my go to. Yeah, I think for Thanksgiving it's just uh it's just keep it simple. Bourbon and coke, right? You bourbon can, and Pepsi. You can hide a bourbon and a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, well it ain't about hiding it. It's just simple. It's just simple, it's in front of you. You know, it's not my favorite cocktail, but it's uh, for Thanksgiving. It's just quick and easy, right? Magic Mike? Well, I'd pick a bourbon on the rocks, and it depends on w- what mood I'm in and what I feel like drinking. And what family you're with at the time? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> what, who the guests are. Let's leave it at that. Who the guests Let's are. Let's say that there's a lot of easy, easy, that. easy, easy. <laughs> you can get with me later if you yeah, want me to do some editing. Just leave it at that, Mike. <laughs> Scotty? Um, I just bought some today, some Gertzerminer wine uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, we don't call it that, though. We we changed the name of it. I don't know. If this is a PG. <laughs> <laughs> now we, we, how are you doing the How are you doing the Gertzerminer? We, we we call it Hertzerminer <laughs> wine. <laughs> See, you should joke. You should have made it German. You should have made it German. Hurt your Weiner, and then it's okay. Okay, hurt your Weiner. Hurt your Vina. Hurt your Vina. Well, I thought at first you said hurts her Weiner, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, hurts your Weiner. Gotcha. Okay. We can always, we can always count on Scotty. Scotty. Bev, you brought him. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure how to follow that up. (laughs) So uh, there's been a tradition um, for a long time since I can remember. My dad makes homemade wine, and he always brings some of it to Thanksgiving and Christmas when we do it. Usually we do a combined Thanksgiving and Christmas because they go to Florida. Yeah. Uh, But this year, obviously, they're not. um, So he'll bring it down and... Uh, we have these little glasses, and it's, it'll probably be blackberry this year, but it's always the tradition. As Before I was old enough to drink, I was drinking it. Well, I don't know that there was ever a time I wasn't old enough to drink. But, <laughs> so that's always – and then I've always, you know, I always do a, a mixer, you know, something in diet. And, but that homemade wine, it's what tops yeah. it off. Yeah, well, we'll be taking uh, some of Robin's mead. Which yeah. we tried, you know, that's, which we tested on our, previous, on our previous podcast. Yeah. Those we had good here. Stuff. So, good pair stuff. Good with so we turkey. were taking some of that mead there. Good deal. Well, it's been a fun night, guys. Yes, it has. Because uh, my glass is empty, and uh, it looks like everybody's is getting low. We're going to have to talk to our next sponsor, which is, how about Batesville Liquor Co.? So for Cross the Line, 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Mike Gardner. Scotty Berman. And we'll see y'all next time. Oh, what a great podcast we had. And just like last week, we're going to finish up with our own football analyst, SJ. This is 12-year-old football analyst, SJ. And this week in the NFL, I'm going to go over some almost midseason awards, a little bit over that week 12. But in the next six weeks, a lot could change, so I'm just going to do it now. And starting right off the bat, for my MVP, I got Texas A&M, Texas A&M graduate Patrick Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes, he's been firing it all over the field, going deep. He's doing whatever he wants. He's playing around defenses. A lot of people were saying, why not Josh Allen? Josh Allen's making too many mistakes. He's throwing costly interceptions. He's fumbling the football. He's doing way too much, and it's really costing his team. He's a great quarterback. He will win multiple MVPs. He just needs his, his game needs to mature. He needs to become a better quarterback, and he's just not ready yet. He's not ready. He has many years of greatness coming soon. But he's looking a lot like his rookie self. He's being a bit in inaccurate with his throws. He's making a lot of costly decisions. That is the reason why Bills are losing games. Bills have been struggling with the loss of Tredavious White, still struggling for that ACL tear. He's been out for most of the year. And maybe coming back soon. Maybe he's already come back out. Uh, but their defense has been playing better than a lot would have thought with Jadavius out for a majority of the season. But Josh Allen has just not been doing it. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, I got in there easily. One can make the argument for Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty. But, I mean, he's been, he hasn't been winning as many games as he should. They started off really slow and threw that pick six as his first throw of the season. Uh, I don't know. if it's, it's really hard to bounce back from that. But he's been great. He's probably my number two, honestly, for MVP. But I don't think it's just at that level of Patrick Mahomes yet. Uh, in the offseason, they traded Tyreek Hill. A lot of people thought that was really going to hinder Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offensive abilities, but it really hasn't. He's honestly gotten better from last year. He's using the the uh, playmakers that he's got, getting guys like Juju and Cole Harmon, especially Travis Kelsey, all really involved. It's really great to see that from him, and he's going to be a great quarterback, looking to win his second MVP, maybe make a Super Bowl run. Uh, and that's why I got Patrick Mahomes out for my MVP. My defensive player of the year, I've got Micah Parsons. In only his second year, he's been going. He's, he's a monster. He's a freak. You look up the definition of dog in the dictionary, it pops up with a picture of Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons has been a minister of defense for this poor Cowboys defense. Like, the Cowboys don't have a good defense outside of Micah Parsons. He's the reason their defense is elite. He is him. He is him. He has had a combined total of 50 tackles so far this year, 12 sacks, uh, one sack less than what he had last year. He has been all over the field. He's really the identity of playing positionless football. He can come off the edge. He can blitz up the middle. He can play some coverage. He can tackle. He can cover. He can do whatever you need him to do. And that's why he's my defensive player of the year. In second place, I got Matthew Judon for the Patriots. He's a great edge rusher, rejuvenating his career after his, uh, his time with the Ravens, I, I believe. But he has been going crazy so far this year. He has 13 sacks, 43 combined tackles, 13 sacks, and he has he's been playing great. 2021, he got 12 and a half sacks. He's already gotten that. He's gotten 13 in 2022. A lot of people are saying, why not put him above uh, Micah Parsons? He's he's got he's got the stats on him. He's a, um, he's probably one of the best edge rushers in the league. But no, Micah Parsons, you can do whatever you want with him. Matthew Judon is limited to being an edge rusher. That's why Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year. Matthew Juwan is the edge rusher of the year, but that's not what defensive player of the year is. Micah Parsons is a defensive player of the year. That's why I got Micah Parsons there. My offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year is hard. 
Offensive player of the year is very, very tough when deciding because you could go with the obvious like Patrick Mahomes, guys that have won MVP, but that's that's just boring. That's a boring thing to do. And I don't I don't like it. I don't like when they double up on awards unless they really deserve it. I don't know I don't know if Patrick Mahomes has been that guy to win MVP and offensive player of the year in the same year. And my offensive player of the year this year is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has been going insane. He has been going nuclear this year. Got traded from the Chiefs. Some thought his performance would die would die down. He already has 1,233 yards this year. That is six yards less than his total last year. This year, he is going phenomenal. Already has four touchdowns. His longest was a 64-yard bomb. Tua has really, really played well. I don't don't think Tua's a top-five quarterback. A lot of people are saying Tua's a top-five quarterback. He has the talent around him. He's making good throws. But I feel like any quarterback could really work in that system. But he, he's a very good system quarterback. And even Tyreek Hill's had, to, had a battle with Jalen Waddle, stealing some of his reps. But Tyreek Hill, he has, he's, he's just been playing out of his mind in Miami. So that's why I got him as my offensive player of the year. Now moving to my comeback player of the year. There's really only three options here. You have Geno Smith, probably the coldest quote I've ever heard. They wrote me off, but I ain't right back. He is a dog along with Micah Parsons. Played played a bit with the Jets, got injured a ton, never really had the talent to really make a deep run. Went to the Giants, really just been hurt his whole career. Never really got much playing time. He went to the Chargers for a year. Never got any playing time behind Phillip Rivers. He came to Seattle in 2020. He was a 55 overall in Madden. A 55. He is an 81 overall right now. That's how big his jump has been. So far, he has passed for 2,802 yards, 19 touchdowns, and five interceptions. He is an MVP candidate at this stage, and he is 31. 31 recent resurging his career into the NFL. The Seahawks got to get a deal done to resign that man because he is him. He is him. And and uh, moving on to my other candidate, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has been phenomenal coming off of a big injury. And he has really been the heart and soul of this great Giants team, great Giants offense. Danny Dimes has been really putting a show on. But Saquon Barkley has been going insane. He's averaged 4.4 yards per carry on already 992 yards and seven touchdowns. He is the heart and soul of this Giants team. And Brian Dable has done a great job incorporating him in. Coming off of big injuries and back-to-back years is no easy task. But Saquon put the team on his back like Greg Jennings. And he is carrying this team to a possible playoff run. That's why I got Saquon Barkley in there. The last guy got Brian Robinson. He got shot twice and I believe the leg. And in a few weeks, he was back practicing. Some people don't come back to football after getting shot. I, I don't know who would come. He's a monster. He's a freak. 
Who would come back to play football after getting shot twice? That changes your life. And he just, he just shrugged it off, went back to doing what he does best, playing football. Average 3.7 yards per carry, got 467 yards. He missed the first few weeks, but now his back's got two touchdowns. He's become a workhorse running back. He's only played eight games, already has 126 carries. He's become a workhorse running back for his commander's offense. He's been playing great. He's been playing amazing. Antonio Gibson, he's a great receiving back, but he ain't great running the football. That's why they got Brian Robinson, big dog, in there to put the team on his back and run over some players. That's why I got Brian Robinson. They get shot twice, come back, and play like a dog. But my winner is Geno Smith for the reasons I've already stated. He, the haters wrote him off, but he ain't writing them back. He is, the, he is a dog. He is a big dog. He is him. He is whatever you want to call him. But he is definitely not a bum. He could be with the Seahawks five more years and still be playing at Tom Brady level. Geno Smith is the savior of Seattle. He is, he is the reason we got that Russell Wilson trade-off. The Broncos are the biggest, biggest losers ever in any trade. We got Tariq Woolen, uh, we got Tariq Woolen, an edge rusher, and future picks. Tariq Woolen's been playing out of his mind. So I'll get to Tariq Woolen later. Uh, but right now, oh my gosh, we fleeced the Broncos on that trade. But Geno Smith is the savior of Seattle, and that's why he's my comeback player of the year. Now, my offensive rookie of the year, it's tough. You know, you got Christian Watson, you know, Aaron Rodgers is one number one receiver. He had that crazy three-touchdown game uh, against the Cowboys. You got Ken Walker, another Seahawk. He's been really, really elevated the Seahawks run game with Rashad Penny out with injury, and Chris Carson, unfortunately, retiring. Uh, during last last off season, uh, you got you got uh, you've really got a wide variety of really really talented players. You got Chris Olave; he's been a big dog for for the Saints. But I think that Ken Walker should win it. Another Seahawks. Seahawks are taking over the awards. I'm not being a biased Seahawks fan. Kenneth Walker is just that guy. He is that guy. He has been putting the team on his back, getting tons of rushing yards. I do. He was out for the few, first few weeks of the season with a, with a hernia, but he has been back and better than ever, coming out of MSU, looking like a big dog. His rushing, his rushing stats, he's got so far on this year, a whopping 613 yards off only 135 carries, averaging 4.4 or 4.5 yards per carry with nine touchdowns. He is a big dog. That's why I've gotten for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, my Defensive Rookie of the Year, that's when it gets tough. The two front runners, you got Tariq Woolen, yet another Seahawk. They've been killing it this year. And Sauce Gardner, he has a Buffalo Wild Wings sauce named after him, the Sauce Sauce. I recommend it. It's a great sauce. I love it. But it really comes down to the play style. Tariq One's a big ball hawk, really gets and changes the tempo of a lot of games. But Sauce Gardner has transformed to a top five corner this year, not getting all the picks you'd expect from him, but he is locking up your favorite receiver no matter what. He is, he is the next Revis Island, but Tariq Wollen, Tariq Wollen, he's the next Champ Bailey. He's the next Night Train Lane. 
really tough. I got to give it to Tariq Woolen, probably because I'm a biased Seahawks fan. But I really don't care whichever one wins. I love Sauce Gardner. I love Tariq Woolen. I may buy a jersey for whoever wins that. But it's, it's going to be really depending on these last few weeks. Tariq Woolen's already gotten five interceptions on the year. He hasn't, he hasn't been getting burnt in coverage like you think he would with five interceptions. He has been locked down. They've been targeting him because he's a rookie. But he has really proved, proved the haters wrong. And he, he's him. He is him. But Sauce Garner is equally a dog. Sauce Garner is also that guy. So it's a really, it's a really tough choice. And I can see it going either way. Possibly down to a few votes. No one else is going to get a vote except for those two. But that's, 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 that's all I got for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And Coach of the Year, the final award I've got. That, that's tough. That's tough, honestly. You got Nick Sirianni for the Eagles, who has really been, really been elevating this team uh, to, to championship levels. Kyle Shanahan. Really playing well, Jimmy G out there. Andy Reid, Mahomes at MVP level. Really, really uh, elevating that this team that really lacks offensive weapons aside Travis Kelsey. Uh, honestly, Pete Carroll could be in there. Maybe, uh, dang, I forget his name, but that Miami Dolphins coach, he is amazing. He is phenomenal. Uh, but I got to give it. I got to give it to... A, a guy who has really come back from a lot, made a big trade in the offseason, replacing a coach that was fired for for a really, really weird and uninformative reasons, for no, no good reason. And he has really taken this team and elevated them into a whole nother level that no one thought. Took a weak quarterback and turned him into an all-star. I've got the Dolphins head coach, which I could, could not remember the name of, but now I've got it, Mike McDaniel. He has been a phenomenal rookie head coach, leading the Dolphins to number one in the AFC North currently, or AFC East, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. AFC East so far. He has turned to, uh, into an all-star level quarterback. Which, I don't know if he's playing all-star level talent, but, like, the, the system has turned him into a stat machine. Uh, Tyreek Hill, great trade for them. Great trade for both sides, honestly. The Chiefs got that youth that they need. Uh, the Dolphins got that that short-term. I mean, Ty- Tyreek Hill isn't that old, that old, so maybe a few years of success. They can make a Super Bowl run this year, honestly. Be tough getting past those Bills and those Chiefs, but they could do it. Mike McDaniel, he... He's a younger guy. He is. He was born in 1983. He, he really worked as an. Big, he began his coaching career with the Dolphins. He was an intern for them, and now he's a head coach. That is crazy. He's only 39 years old. The, the players love him. You can tell the players love him, and they would die for him. And that's why I got Mike McDaniel to my head coach of the year. That's all I've got for my midseason, almost midseason awards. And excited for the playoffs that are up and coming. A lot of fantasy, honestly, fantasy football implications that will be coming up with these matchups. But it's going to be a great week for football. That's all I got.
You've been listening to Cross the Line 1524 with all the guys, whether we're at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy or out on the road. You know we always have a great time. Hey, check out our webpage at www.crossthelline1524.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Podcast 1524 on Twitter and Cross the Line 15 slash 24 on Facebook.